So when I got back from up north, I realized that I had left my cell phone there. Boy, does that change your life, yes? I must say there were many times when I missed it, but the week was definitely more peaceful. So if you find yourself needing a little peace in your life, just find a way to lose your cell phone. All right? As I was praying and reflecting on the readings for this weekend, I was struck by the number of times that Jesus uses the word life. The bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you do not have life within you. Just as the living Father has sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. What is life? What does it mean to be fully alive? St. Irenaeus, one of the early teachers of the church, said that the greatest manifestation of the glory of God in the world is for us to be fully alive. What does that mean? Sometimes we, we see a family or an individual that has an abundance of the world's goods, and we say about them, boy, look at them. They're living the good life. Is that what it means to be fully alive? And of course, there are many other proposals in our culture for an answer to this question. And whether one's vision of life and happiness is power, wealth, pleasure, prestige, popularity, any number of other things, the truth is, according to the scriptural view of life, is that if we were able, if it were possible to take all the pleasure, the material goods, the power, the freedoms of the universe, if we could fit them all into our heart, we would still be discontent. We would still be longing for more. Because one single human heart is greater than the whole universe that God made. Because of the greatness and dignity of the life that God has destined for that heart, for your heart and mine. And that life, that fully alive, that every single person is seeking, the claim of Jesus is that that life can only be found in Him. And this is why His invitation is always, come to Me with all your hungers and your thirsts so that I may give you life. 
It's for this reason that at the very core of our Catholic Christian life, at the heart and summit of our life of worship, is this moment when the Father draws us to this feast. And from this feast, God gives us the only food that can satisfy the hungers and thirsts of human hearts. A food that when it is taken in is truly life to the full. So when we come forward in a moment to receive the body and blood of Jesus, what does this mean concretely? As we take in the life of Jesus into us, Jesus takes us into the life of communion with his heavenly Father. Jesus wants us to taste and see the goodness of the Father as he knew it himself. He wants in the moment of communion to fill our hearts with the affirmation and affection of the Heavenly Father that filled his own heart. He wants our hearts to thrill with the joy and the beauty of God, to know the delight of the Father in our hearts so that we do not hunger and thirst as much for the things of this passing world. And this communion with, between Jesus and his Father given to us will always overflow as it did in Jesus in love for one another. The tender, gentle, compassionate love of Jesus that goes out toward the lost, that tries to alleviate the suffering and the sick, that tries to befriend the stranger, that tries to aid the poor and the needy. Now here's a question. Why is it that many people who come to this feast do not experience its life-giving effects, its transforming power, its grace to deepen our union with God and with one another? Why is it that some people do not experience this? Maybe the problem is my disposition and the disposition that Jesus is always seeking to give is faith. It's amazing how many times Jesus mentions faith in the Gospel of John. And it's this gift of faith that allows me to approach this feast in a way that brings greater healing, greater conversion, that allows my life to bear much fruit in the Christian life. As important as faith is, 
Just as important then is it for me to humbly acknowledge that maybe I lack faith. Maybe I need to ask God to renew my own faith. Perhaps the most important thing I could do before Mass or before coming to this altar to receive communion is to humbly acknowledge and admit before God the barriers in my own heart to faith. And there can be many different barriers that diminish and weaken faith in my heart. What are those? I have just a few examples. For example, the lukewarmness of a neglected faith, a life where the faith is not nourished. It's only nourished by the things of the world. Any serious sin on my conscience that I have not brought to confession. A habit of spiritual sloth that makes little or no attempt to deal with distractions. A ritualism that is turned into mere mechanical observance at Mass. A materialism of life that has diminished my sensitivity to my deeper spiritual hunger and thirst. And a common one is any hardness of heart toward another person that I bring here with me that I am unwilling to face and that I have not dealt with. Maybe I need to say to Jesus, Jesus, you see my heart. Please come to this place where I see this barrier. Please help me. I'm going to end by recommending three things that can help us benefit more from receiving the food of God at this feast, Jesus Christ, the bread of life. One, let us try as best we can to come to Mass early enough in order to shake the dust of the world off our feet, to ask God to quiet our minds and hearts and to recollect ourselves so that we may focus and allow that gift of faith to deepen in our hearts. And dear young parents, God bless you. With young children, just do the best you can. The, the goal is to get here. Just, it's just, just getting here is enough. But if you can get here earlier, praise God. Secondly, to be people of reconciliation. To integrate the sacrament of confession more frequently in our lives. And to try to never come here without being reconciled to one another. Please let us never approach this altar if there is someone in our life where we are divided. Let us be reconciled before we come, 
even if it's at the time of the sign of peace. I've done that before, where I've actually reached out to a brother and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did, for what I said. And thirdly, let us be faithful to the one-hour fast. In order to benefit from this feast, it is good for us to fast from the pleasures of the world in this life, which are good in themselves, in order to deepen our thirst for God. This is the feast of the hungry, of the thirsty. And sometimes we need to fast from the things of the world to come here with a deeper hunger for Jesus. So my dear friends, the Lord invites us now to come to the feast. Let us pray that he would deepen in us the gift of faith so that we might receive this beautiful food that is the fullness of life. Amen.